the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 42 of Say What? Where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including a way out of public schools through vouchers or educational saving accounts. That's right, George. You know, you'd think this would be a slam dunk for parents looking for a way out of the public school system. Mm -hmm. Um, But it turns out there's a lot of uh, inside baseball debate on this issue and not for lack of good cause. Um, There's actually concern in the private school and homeschool community that there would be too many strings attached with um, some of these voucher programs, depending on the way they're implemented. So that's something that we wanted to address today. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm, I know for sure, uh, just looking back at the last couple of years, we've had a lot of good uh, Supreme Court cases and one actually in the docket right now. Uh, so we're going to be touching upon those and how they might affect us here in California specifically, because we're going to walk through the California version. Um, and there are things like this implemented in other states and because they have their own state laws Maybe some of these concerns are not as critical, uh, but we're going to walk through here for our listeners. Um, please note we're going to focus here on the state of California for this topic. That's right. And uh, using California as our example, I think it's good just to provide our listeners with some background. So mm-hmm. as you and I both know, there are about six and a half million kids in the K through 12 public school system here in California, um, both primary and secondary education. Um, About a a half a million of those are in private schools. And we don't know the exact number. It's hard to come by because when you're a homeschooler, you have to fill out what's called a private school affidavit, PSA, and you Mm -hmm. do that every October. And while we do know the number of PSAs that are filled out, we don't know the number of students in each household Mm. that is filling out a PSA. So getting a good, accurate number of how many kids are actually being homeschooled is hard to come where, hard to come by, but we know it's somewhere between 100 and 200,000 in the state of California. So, the, the 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 rub of all this is that still, even with an tr- incredible increase in the number of homeschoolers, particularly since COVID hit us, mm-hmm. and there has been a dramatic increase. In fact, homeschooling has gone up some 61% according to uh, several reports. Even with that, George, still, as you and I both know, the vast majority of our kids being taught are in the public school system. Yep. Well, 90%, probably over 90%. So here's the really cool thing now that uh, is going on. There is an initiative statute that is being pushed um, by an organization called the California for School Choice. 
and it has been approved by the Secretary of State to gain signatures. And if we gain enough signatures, and we need a million, um, they're trying to get a million and a half just to be on the safe side, but we need a million signatures, then this will be on the 2022 ballot, which is not that far away. It's going to happen uh, this, this next year. November. The, the initiative is called the Educational Freedom Act, and here's what it would do. It would essentially uh, set up what's called an educational savings account, an ESA, that will be established for each K-12 through child in California who actually opts in to this program. So that's number one. This ESA would be set up for each child. Each year, that account would be credited with the student's share of what are known as Prop 98 funds. So these are, this is a, a statute in California that requires a certain percentage of the general fund to go toward education. Mm-hmm. So it would yep. be those funds that would go into this account. And it would roughly begin at $14,000 a year that would go into this ESA. The parent would be able to direct the ESA trust fund to a participating accredited private school. Here's the rub. It's not necessarily going for home schools. The schools that it would be allowed for if it's private mm-hmm. would have to be an accredited school, either a, a non-secular, a non-sectarian school or a parochial school, sectarian school, as long as it was accredited. And the accreditation would come ostensibly through the Western Association of Schools and Colleges. It's been around for a long time. Any unspent funds will accumulate and can be spent on college vocational training or other qualified educational expenses. So this is a really cool thing. So if you opt into this program and you can find, for example, a good elementary school education that doesn't cost 14k a year, and there are lots of them out yeah. there. I think, in fact, I think the average elementary school tuition now is about between nine and ten thousand dollars a year. Well, that balance, you know, that extra four thousand dollars a year, goes in and starts accruing in this educational savings account times yeah. seven years. But then you have on top of that another, you know, seven through twelfth grade. That's right. That's right. So it's it's a lot of money that could that can accrue. Here's the big the big rub though. Will homeschoolers be eligible? The answer is yes and no. The Educational Freedom Act makes no special provision for homeschooling families. Parents can only use scholarship funds to educate their K through twelve children at public schools, charter schools, or accredited private and parochial schools, as we have mentioned. But George, um if a family decides that they are not going to opt into this program and use those monies to go to an accredited school, mm-hmm. they can still homeschool their children. And that, that 14000 a year accrues to their benefit. Ooh. Yes. Say what? Say what? So at the end of 12 or 13 years, you could have 14 times 12 is what, $168,000? 13 years, that's $182,000. All of that money could go for a college education. All of it? There's no limit? There's no cap? No cap. Wow. The whole thing could be saved up and and go toward a college education, which is really, really great news. Here's the controversy. And um, 
uh, th- this has happened uh, in states that have similar kinds of programs, uh, mainly voucher-type programs in, in different states around the country. Indiana, Wisconsin are the two notable examples. Florida also has a very robust voucher program. There are strings often attached mm-hmm. to these laws. Um, for example, in, I think, Wisconsin, they were required as part of their uh, voucher program to mandate that if you send your child to an accredited private school, they would have to teach Common Core. Mm. So Common Core is... There's a lot of controversy surrounding yeah, that. Very you debatable. Know, some people are okay with it. Um, most people who are conservatives, particularly in the Christian community, uh, are not okay with this. And so there are, there are lots of strings like that that are attached to these programs. And as we both know, the more power that you give these institutions, particularly when they're in control of where this money goes, so you have to remember that this is a voucher program, and if you're going to a public school, it's not you that's paying this voucher money to the public school. You're going to the school, but the money is actually coming from the government. Mm-hmm. And if it's coming from the government, they want to have strings attached to yeah. it. They want to be in control of what's taught, how it's taught, when it's taught, and this is of, of right concern to people that don't want these strings attached. In fact, George, um, the Cato Institute uh, did a pretty deep dive study on these particular programs, what kinds of strings are attached when these programs are instituted in states where they exist. And what they found was that um, the strings are substantial. Mm. So whenever these programs have existed, the government does tend to step in and start getting involved in what can what's taught and and how it's taught. But interestingly enough, they happen more with voucher programs and not so much with tax credit programs. Mm. Now there are a number of states that um, they have ESA kinds of uh, situations, but they come in the form of a tax credit. Okay. So here's the difference. Rather than the government paying the school directly, and therefore having strings attached, you just get this money in the form of a tax credit. And so now you as an individual have complete discretion on where, where to and how to spend this money. But unfortunately, most of the, the ESA kinds of programs are not set up as tax credits. And California is the same way. In, in under California's program, if this initiative statute were to become law, the government would actually be the payor, um, depending on what school that the child is going in. So in an open letter to Wisconsin judge, uh, legislators, the Wisconsin Parents Association wrote this, and this is the concern. Programs that give public monies to homeschoolers would undermine our freedom to homeschool, as would legislation that attempts to guarantee our rights and freedoms. Government favors would require that homeschools be accountable to the government, which would make homeschools more like public schools. 
Our goal is to make your job as easy as possible and our homeschooling as successful as possible. No new homeschooling legislation is needed, and essentially any legislation would have drawbacks and risk. And then they go on to state, school vouchers are a Trojan horse for those schools who foolishly believe that they will get the money without any strings. Yeah, and, you know, some of the strings that I've heard about here in California, Mark, is that, well, if public schools require CSE to be taught, then now I'm going to send my kid to a private school through an ESA voucher, so they'll require that public uh, private school to start teaching CSE and ethnic studies and all of the other, you know, stuff and filth that happens in regular public schools. They very well could. Um, currently in in California, there there is a state statute, and the, the code is six nine 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 five dash five. And here's what it says: The state California shall not impose any condition on the eligibility of a private school, college, or university to, to receive funds other than the following: Number one periodic certification that an eligible child is enrolled and attending the school. That's mm-hmm. reasonable, yep. right? Number two, periodic certification that the amount paid is only used for tuition and eligible education expenses. That's reasonable. The school is currently accredited. Okay, you may not agree with that, but an argument can be made that that's reasonable as well. And finally, number four, the general health and safety standards applicable to all private schools are operating in these schools. Mm-hmm. That That's reasonable as well. So currently, George, the law in California is pretty good. I mean, if this initiative statute went through and this law was left alone, um, these private schools would not be obligated to teach any of these particular curriculums. They could continue operating just as they are. The big question is, will it stay that way? And just to maybe elaborate on that, will it stay that way? It's a you know rhetorical question because we know that the CTA, the California Teachers Association, has hordes and hordes of lawyers they do. who know how to draft legislation, slip it to you know whoever on the assembly, state assembly side or state senate side, push it through uh, they are the biggest um, you know benefactor to our uh, beloved tyrant Gavin Newsom and so they will modify state law in their favor once again they will they will certainly try and uh, there has been an effort in recent years to cast scrutiny on the whole homeschooling movement uh, some of our listeners may be familiar with the name Elizabeth Bartholet, who is a Harvard professor that wrote a famous uh, law review article, I think, in uh, in Arizona. It was with Arizona State or Arizona University, basically stating that homeschools need to be regulated, that they should not be able to operate uh, very independently. And, um, well, there was tremendous public outcry uh, against Professor Bartholet and and this whole viewpoint. And uh, she went underground for a while. But uh, certainly, um, if public funds now were being made available for people to, you know, educate their kids as they see fit, I think you can expect that, um, you know, there, there will be some legislative scrutiny in the future. So it is a realistic concern, George, that, that parents have about this. 
On the other hand, on the other hand, there are some points that 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 we should think about. Mm-hmm. And and the first one is what we talked about up front. Ninety plus percent of our children are in this public school monopoly. Yeah, and it is just that. It's a monopoly. They they don't have any way to get out of this system. Uh, in in California, as in most states, it requires two parents working full time just to be able to afford a family situation. One of the parents cannot stay home to homeschool the child. A, ve- a very small minority of parents in California and in other states are in a situation where they can actually do that. And then what about single parent families? What option do they have, unless they're you know, financially pretty well endowed, to send their child to a private school? So you have these six million children now in our public school that basically don't have any option. They are captive to this public monopoly. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's a monopoly, there's no competition. And we know what happens when that's the case. We can't leave these children alone, George. We, we can't let them uh, just, you know, uh, stay in this situation without any recourse. And so this is a fairly powerful argument on behalf of some type of educational savings account, even if there are some strings attached. Moreover, um, the battle over homeschool freedom, that's going to happen anyway. one way or the other. Yes. It's just a matter of time before that battle is levied. And here's the good news. Um, as we know, George, uh, our court has changed its complexion mm-hmm. over the last several years both at the Supreme Court level and at the appellate court level. There are many more conservative justices now in positions of power uh, to weigh in on these cases than we have had in the past. Um, All to say, if we are going to have this fight on homeschool independence, the time to have it is now. Yes. And there are a couple of cases that we've talked about before that give us um, some encouragement that maybe things will go our way. The first one is the famous case uh, out of Montana, Espinoza versus Department of Revenue, uh, that got um, argued last year where the court said the state of Montana cannot exclude religious schools from receiving tax credit funded scholarships just because they're religious schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great decision in our favor. Um, and then on the East Coast, there's another case that right oral now. argument just happened a couple of weeks ago in the Supreme Court. The decision is going to probably come down um, in June or July, and that is Carson v. Macon. Here's the question that was asked of the court. Does a state law prohibiting students from participating in an otherwise generally available student aid program from choosing to use their aid to attend schools that provide religious or sectarian instruction violate the free exercise or equal protection clause of the U.S. Constitution? So in Maine, the situation was that they have these schools called school administrative units. And they don't have them covering the entire state. So if you're living in a rural community and your child has to travel 20 miles to get to one of these schools, that's not a very good situation. So they had this policy where they were making these funds, these scholarship funds available to these kids 
to go to a private school in their area. Yeah. Well, it was working fine until the state stepped in and said, no, you can't do that because this is a religious school. We, we cannot have that. Yep. This case was just heard before the Supreme Court. And I listened to the oral argument in that case, George. And to my way of thinking, we have a very good chance of having the Supreme Court rule that no taxpayer funds can be used by parents who freely choose, it's their own personal decision, to send their child to a sectarian school. And that would probably apply to homeschooling families as well. And and to me, Mark, these two cases also really help to set the groundwork for the concerns that parents have about strings attached. Well, in in both of these cases, the court, if it rules in our favor in the second one as well, is basically saying, no, you, you cannot attach those strings because then you're compelling speech or you're doing other things that's right uh, that are prohibiting a person's you know free exercise of religion yeah um so uh, again like you mentioned mark i think the battle needs to be fought now uh and parents uh, need to stop worrying about this and we just need to go on the offensive um and that's been my frustration and listening to these concerns is is we're 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 i don't know we're so fearful and we operate in defensive mode all the time we need to learn how to go on the offense. And George, I'm speaking as a homeschool parent. Uh, my wife and I homeschooled both our kids, uh, K through 12. So I understand this, this concern very well. But on the other hand, it's my personal conviction and it's the conviction to protect our kids that we cannot abandon, uh, for the sake of a small minority of homeschoolers, mm-hmm. the rest of the kids who are Stuck. They're stuck in this public school monopoly. We have to do something to give the the, the parents freedom to send their kids to another institution. So for all of those reasons, uh, we think this is a battle that needs to be fought. And the the other, you know, talking points, parents, if you're trying to convince your neighbor or others to sign, just think about minorities. Think about people of color. Think about – disadvantaged communities, whatever the left wants to call them, right? Why isn't the left coming up with this idea? Because it should be helping these communities the most. It should be. Right? If I'm in Santa Ana, you know, and here I am, a you know, poor Romanian, just immigrated from Romania, and now I maybe get to send my kids to modern day. Or, you know, this is the kind of money we're talking about. Absolutely. So, um, learn how to make these talking points in a way that, you know, your, your left, uh, neighbors <laughs> can really resonate and say, Oh, have an aha moment. Like, wow. Yeah. This, this should be something that I could support. Yeah. So if this is something that animates you and we hope it does, we encourage you to go to California School Choice. Uh, you can go to their website and learn more about this initiative. They're looking for signature gatherers to, mm-hmm. to help get it on the ballot. If this is something that uh, you have time to do, uh, you, you probably want to take a look at that and you can learn more about the law on, on their website. And, and one little last idea that I want to throw out to pastors. Imagine you have 50, 100, 150 kids in your local church, and let's say half of them you could start a private school with at $14,000 per child. And that public school is renting facilities from your church, and you have those classrooms you're using for Sunday school. Uh, Imagine what it would mean to those kids to have that protection of when they're going to be taught by 
really great teachers in a school that's on your church's campus. I mean, this this is the type of things that I've been telling pastors, and most of them said, George, I never even thought of that. They're like, when is this going to happen? I said, well, it potentially could happen in the next year. Are you ready? And so pastors need to start thinking about this and getting their administrative boards to start, you know, putting a little committee together to say, hey, what what can we do about starting a private school in our own church? If you want to change lives, this is the way to do it. Yeah. So thank you very much, everyone. This is episode 42. If you want any more information about Protect Our Kids, please go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org. You can also find all of our podcasts there where Mark and I continuously uh, look at various issues that affect our children in the public school system. So until next time, we sign off. See you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.